Hello again, Nightmare Society. I need to warn you that one of tonight's stories alludes to the killing of an animal. So, animal-friendly listener discretion very much advised. If you'd like to know which story this is in, it will be detailed in the episode notes. Big thanks goes to Bryce and Bennett, Anonymous, and Ascension M23 for sharing their stories with us. If you have a story you'd like to contribute, you can send it to Nightmare Society Radio at gmail.com. Another big thanks goes to everyone over at our online campfire at patreon.com slash nightmare society. These kind people help keep the podcast going. Thank you guys. As all the Instagram followers know, this episode we will be announcing the winners of the giveaway. If you hear your name, please either reach out to us on Instagram at Nightmare Society Radio or email us at Nightmare Society Radio at gmail.com. We will let you know what you have won. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. Five years ago, my family took a trip to see my mom's childhood friend. I was about 15 years old at the time, so not super long ago. I think we left around the afternoon. It takes about three hours to get there, from one side of Arizona to the other side. But we make it with no problems. We stay there for about two days. Again, no problems. The problems occurred on our way back. We had two dogs that we took with us, and so naturally we needed to stop every so often to let them go to the bathroom, stretch their legs, etc. The first part of the drive was fine with no problems whatsoever. Later we were driving through a small town in northern Arizona, and we took a back road to avoid holiday traffic. The layout of this road was simple. On one side you had your standard apartments, and on the other side you had an empty lot surrounded by forest, empty like they were planning on putting more apartments there. My mom saw it and said something like, We should take the dogs out here. My dad was driving and my little sisters were small, so it was up to me and my twin brother to take the dogs out because we were strong 15 year old boys, according to my parents. My brother hands me one of his earbuds so we can listen to music, and we start walking. We were walking for maybe about five minutes when my brother and I decide to take the dogs to some bushes behind a tree so they could relieve themselves. As we're waiting for them to go, we see a body, which looks like it was covered in blood. The body looked like your typical homeless person stereotype tattered clothes, long beard, etc. But it's just covered from head to toe in blood. Like someone had dipped him in blood like you dip a strawberry into chocolate. My brother and I are freaking out. So we run back to the car and tell our dad. He follows us back to the bush where we saw it. <laughs> 
but it's not there. It just completely vanished. My dad, understandingly very mad, yelled at me for almost giving him a heart attack and storms off. Nothing happened after that. We were pretty shaken up. My brother and I have had a lot of talks about what happened. Neither of us were believers in the paranormal, but we are now. How else did the body just disappear like that? There is no logical explanation. You know how they say music sticks with you. Well, I specifically remember what song was playing in our earbuds when we found the body. It was Power by Kanye West. I hope I never have any encounters with any ghosts again. This happened years ago, when I was 13 or 14. When I was a young teenager back in the fall of 2006, me, my family, and my neighbors started having bizarre encounters with an old man in a dark red minivan. Back then, I used to live on a hill above an old, non-operational fishing village. It was about a 40-minute drive outside of the city, along a highway. The highway to the village was a dead end. There was nothing down that way except housing. There wasn't even motels or any stores. Most of the houses were homes to elderly people while the others were abandoned fishing stages that overlooked the water. It was very strange to see anyone that we didn't recognize down in the area, especially from September until May. We would get the odd tourists during the summer months, but never from fall to spring. When I was in middle school, every day after I got home off the bus, I would walk up to the mailbox. It was about a good 15 minute walk along the highway. The mailbox was up the road towards the city. Past my house, there was only about eight other houses, all on the same side of the road as mine. After those houses was just thick trees and marshes. I used to like to call the area Silentville instead of Silent Hill. We were right on the very edge of the east coast right by the ocean. It was a fog bank all year round. It was rare we would get any sunny days. Even when it was sunny in the city, it was still foggy down there. Sometimes the fog was so thick you barely could see a few feet ahead of you. Anyway, one afternoon after school, while I was on my usual trek back home after checking the mailbox, I heard rattling the rattling of a vehicle in the distance. I always walked facing traffic, since my mother would have a fit if I didn't. Safety rules and all. It was crawling towards me, its headlights clearing the fog. It was probably going about 5 miles per hour, which was odd considering the speed limit is about 70. The minivan came to a halt about 10 feet ahead of me, just stopped right in the middle of the highway. I continued towards it. I figured it was someone looking for directions. As I neared the window of the car, I could see an old man sitting in the driver's seat. He had a fairly small build, 
with light gray patches of hair on his head. His eyes were very watery and of a dull blue color. Hello, young lady, he said in a very soft voice. Hi. I responded. He started making small chat with me. I really can't remember what, but it was just sort of casual talking. I noticed he had a small fluffy white dog in his passenger seat. The one thing that really struck me odd about this dog was its body language. You see, this old man would move his hand a lot while talking. Every time he would quickly move it, his dog would sort of scrunch further back in its seat. It seemed a bit afraid of him. Another odd thing was he always kept his other hand between the two seats. I could sort of make out what seemed to be something of a metallic material under his hand. After chatting with me a bit, he slowly turned his head away, then continued up the road towards the city. I shrugged it off, just figuring he was a relative of someone down in the village and continued home. About a week went by without seeing him, and by then he was just a memory. I was on my way up to the mailbox when I heard the familiar sound of rattling coming down the road towards me. Him again? I thought. I was a little weirded out by him, so I jumped down into the ditch and hid in the brush. I watched as he sluggishly drove by. The entire time he was looking around, observing, sort of like a hunter looking for prey. After he was long out of sight and I couldn't hear his vehicle anymore, I jumped up from the ditch and hurried my way back up to the mailbox. The last six minutes stretch of road had no housing, so it was pretty isolated. After snatching up the mail, I started hurrying back, and that's when I ran into him again, in the worst place possible, the long stretch with no houses. This time he was coming up the road quite fast. I didn't have time to hide. He pulled up next to me and said, Hello, dearie. Why were you down in the ditch earlier? Oh, crap. I thought. He had seen me. Oh, I uh, thought I had seen a cat down there. I said. You like cute animals, dearie? You can get in the back seat and play with my puppy. He loves kids. He said, smiling. Uh, no thanks. I said as I started to walk away. He reached out of his window and grabbed my arm. Please, dearie, I insist. I can drive you home. You live at 123 Thursday Street, right? I stood there dumbfounded. How did he know which house I lived in? I shook him off and started to run. He started backing up his car after me. I bolted down the road and didn't look back. At the time, my aunt lived a few houses up the road from my house, so I ran into her driveway and started frantically banging on her door. She came to the door and let me in. I used her phone and called my mother to come pick me up. After we got home, I told her everything. She was very upset and called the police. They basically told us they couldn't do anything, 
especially since we didn't have a license plate number. After that, I wasn't allowed to go on walks or get the mail. He continued to show up. Usually twice a week, right after my school bus dropped me off, he would come driving slowly down the road. One day, my neighbor asked him what he was doing. He responded, Oh, I'm just a lonely gentleman. I saw a woman one day down the road working on her garden and she just captured my heart. My neighbor told him she was married. He just laughed and said something along the lines of, If you want love to work, you have to work for it. Then drove off. My neighbor got the license plate and called the police. About 40 minutes later, the police came down, but he was long gone by then. Our neighbor waved the police over and talked to them. The police told him the car had been reported stolen a few months back. Sometime during November, my parents were out in the evening doing yard work. He stopped in front of our yard and was asking my parents where I was. He said he, quote, missed our time together and felt neglected. My parents got really upset and chased him away. A few days later, I was up late at night playing FFXI on Xbox 360 in the den. The den was on the bottom floor. I used to keep all the blinds open with the lights off in the room. I liked looking at the night sky. People could probably see me through the window since it was facing the street. So there I was, illuminated by the TV all cuddled up in my big armchair having a late night game session, probably 2 a.m., and I see the familiar red minivan slowly coming down the road. I froze. It parked a few feet up the road from my property, in between our house and the house next door. There was a small driveway that led to nowhere going in between our land. He stopped his car, turned it off, and then came out. I watched in horror as he walked closer to our house. I was terrified. I pushed myself back as far as I could into the chair, hoping he would not see me. I felt like screaming, but my parents were upstairs and both were sound sleepers. He paced back and forth in front of our house, sort of staring. He was looking into the den. Now this is the extremely strange part. He just stopped in place, then laid down on the side of the road in front of our house. He just laid there for a good hour. I was frozen in fear the entire time. After about an hour, he got up, then strolled back to his car and left. I ran upstairs crying and told my parents. They called the police again, but he was gone by the time they got to us. We were all frustrated. The police, despite having his license plate, couldn't do anything, and this guy kept coming around, harassing and terrifying us and our neighbors. This went on till about March. About a month passed without seeing him, and this is when we got the news. Our neighbor, who was friends with someone that lived down a dead-end side road up a bit further, had been on a walk to his friend's house. He spotted the red minivan off in a driveway of a house that had just been put up for sale. The people had already moved out. 
He got filled with anger when seeing it and ran over. When he got closer, he noticed blood on the passenger side window. He went to the closest house and used their phone to call 911. He went back over to the car to check it out. He was pretty ballsy. He was sort of the neighborhood protector. The car doors were unlocked. He looked into the window to see the small dog's body, a wallet which had an ID in it, and a bloody wrench wedged between the two seats. He left and waited for the police to arrive. Our neighbors stayed in contact with the police. Apparently the guy had left in a hurry, leaving his ID behind. Turns out he had just been released from prison not too long ago for offenses towards minors. We didn't get any details though. I felt so horrible for the dog. I really hope he never got his hands on another animal again. I sometimes worry that he went on to harass other people the same way he harassed us. We now interrupt our broadcast to announce the winners from our 500k giveaway. So congratulations to Chris Rivera 13, Dumbbells and Dad Jokes, Christelle.modeling OKC, and Shelby.m93. Shoot us a message on Instagram or an email at nightmaresocietyradio at gmail.com to find out what you've won. Thank you to everyone for participating and make sure to keep an eye out for the next giveaway. Two years ago, when my autistic daughter had trouble sleeping at night, she was one and a half at the time, I would toss her in her car seat and drive her around. It was one of the only ways she fell asleep soundly, and I lived with my parents in a nice neighborhood. So one night I'm driving and my girl had finally fallen asleep. It's about 9pm at this point. So I'm hungry and want to let her fall into a deeper sleep so I can move her. I get some food from a drive-thru and pull over onto a side street right next to the restaurant so I can eat. I'm finishing eating and looking back to check on my kid and suddenly these super bright headlights pull up behind me a little too close. I wave apologetically. None of my windows are tinted and I used to drive a jeep compass so the back window was big enough for them to see me. Assuming whoever it is is trying to park at the house I'm currently in front of. So I pull away and start down the street and once I'm at the end of the block and around the corner I see headlights again. No biggie. This is a semi busy side street so people cut down this way all the time. Only this person is riding my tail like I'm not moving fast enough, and I get annoyed and change lanes to get out of their way. Almost as soon as I do, they follow. At this point I realize that the car is the same sedan that had pulled up behind me on the last street, but now they are too close for me to see the make of the car and the high beams are on. 
so I can't see anything behind me. I curse myself for not paying better attention to the car before. I didn't want to be crazy paranoid, so I took a few unnecessary side streets and passed my neighborhood, only for this person to be behind me turn for turn and lane change for lane change. So I panicked and called my dad. I know I should have called the police, but I was 21 and did the first thing I could think of. He was at work 30 minutes away. He has terrible reception and decides to call me back using the landline at his work, and he's on the cell phone with the sheriff's department for our neighborhood, and they say for me to drive to the station. It's been close to 40 minutes since the person had started following me and kept riding me closer and closer. I'm running lights and swerving around at this point, just trying to catch someone's attention. So I drive to the station, and no one is there. Not one car. No cruisers. No one in the department office. Not even any cars in the small parking lot. And they want me to pull into the lot and wait for an officer. I am alone. My one-year-old is now fussing in the back seat, and there's only one way in or out of the parking lot. I noped the hell past the station and told my dad to tell the officer on the phone to screw off because no one was there. I see a sheriff's car at the light ahead and start to honk and flash my lights as he drives across the intersection I'm driving to, and either he misses what I'm doing or ignores it. It's now been a little over an hour and the person has tapped my bumper four times. Eventually, I saw another sheriff's car and just laid on my horn, and I think he caught on because he busted a U-turn and came back towards us. As he did, the car behind me disappeared into the mall across the street, and the officer followed. I was instructed to go back to the station and wait, so I did, and eventually I was waiting so long I went inside, triple locking the door of my car because I was terrified. The office had no one except a no emergency phone on the desk, and that only connected me to other extensions. To wrap the story up, they made me feel crazy and said they never found the car, that all they could do was take a statement since technically nothing happened, and he offered to follow me and my daughter home, only to drive away as soon as I parked while I was left to take my sleeping kid inside shaking so hard I couldn't even unlock the door. I run upstairs to my mom's room. She was on pain medication after a surgical procedure, so she was in a really deep sleep. I shake her awake, sobbing, and tell her what happened. It took me two days to sleep again at night, and to this day I refuse to do night drives with my daughter. So weird stalker follower person. Let's not meet. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, sweet.